0: What's up, traders? Anthony Crudelli here, and thank you for tuning in to the Futures Radio Show podcast. Man, am I excited to bring you today's show and guest. Founder and CEO of 42Macro, Darius Dale, joins me on the podcast. All I'm going to say about today's show is Darius believes inflation is coming in the next two to three months. That's all I'm going to say because I have to tell you, it totally surprised me that he thought deflation was coming as soon as he said, and today's show was all about going through slides. So if you're listening to this on audio, you may want to shoot over to YouTube or Anthony to watch today's episode about his reasoning for deflation coming and not just his reasoning, what assets he thinks that traders and investors should be allocating to when deflation hits. Futures Radio Show is sponsored by CME Group. Hey, everybody, Micro Bitcoin futures are here. I talked about this in the podcast last week. Huge start to this product. Third biggest day in volume in CME Group's history for a product launch, only behind the Micro E Mini SPs and the E Mini S&P. This product is already off to a massive start. To learn more about Micro Bitcoin futures, go to ActiveTrader.CMEGroup.com. And at just one-tenth the size of one Bitcoin, TradeStation gives clients access to trade micro-Bitcoin futures using an institutional grade. Forget platform fees. Trade your way with TradeStation. Remember, you can listen to Futures Radio Show podcast anywhere where podcasts are available. But if you want to watch Futures Radio Show, you can check us out on YouTube or AnthonyCrudelli.com. This show is also sponsored by Trading Technologies and footsie russell the russell 2000 is a key benchmark for small cap u.s stocks be sure to check out the e-mini russell 2000 future symbol rty and micro e-mini russell 2000 future symbol m2k to learn more about footsie russell and their products please visit footsierussell.com darius welcome back to the show my friend
1: hey anthony it's great to see you man how you been
0: Great to speak with you. Everything's really good. Uh, you know, you and I last spoke, I think it was really pretty much right at the beginning of COVID. Uh yeah. so it's been it's been almost a year. I know you got a new gig now. You're a founder and CEO of Forty Two Macro, so first off, congrats on that.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's a long time coming.
0: Yeah, and and you know, I've always been a big fan of your content and right now all the macro people that I listen to, pretty much at the beginning of every podcast. They all talk about, are you someone who's seeing inflation? If so, is it transitory? Are you a deflationist?
1: Uh, is it stagflation? Where are you with that? I, I'm a regime guy. I don't think you need to define yourself and pigeonhole yourself into one of these classes because the reality is the market will reward investors for being in the right asset classes and, and, and exposures according to where you are in these rate of change cycles. So there are times where it pays to be an inflationista. There are times where it pays to be a deflationista. There are times where it pays to bet on both or short both. And so the reality is, you know, my entire process, our process at 42 Macro, is designed, A, to understand where we are in those cycles, you know, where you are in the rate of change cycle for growth, where you in the rate of change cycle for inflation, put those things together and then understand uh, with back careful backtesting and careful market observation what the market is, is, is pricing in from a regime perspective and so we've obviously very clearly been in reflation since the, you know for the bulk of the last since we last spoke and the reality is I think the big question that investors need to ask themselves is how prepared are they for the eventual transition out of that market regime
0: you're very present as to where we are right now is basically what yeah. I'm mean getting from you. You're not really looking too far beyond it because you just want to look and give all of your clients the information Is this is where we are right now and you say that's reflation.
1: Yeah, and it's more about this is where we are right now. These are the highest probability outcomes uh, in terms of where we're likely headed and this is the path the market is likely to take to price that in. Now, I have a view longer term that we jumped the shark from a fiscal and monetary policy perspective for a variety of reasons. Um, and that, you know, that the, the net result of that is that we've been in this, you know, long term, secular transition or secular theme of lower highs and lower lows in inflation, at every cycle, you know, in, in every recession, I often believe that we have we've undergone a paradigm shift where it's very likely that we see higher lows and higher highs going forward from cycles from this point on. Uh, we can unpack that later but you know that doesn't necessarily have to impact my asset allocation today it, it currently does but it, it, it doesn't it doesn't you know i don't need to put that on in size today and have that on in size every day going forward i need to put that on in size and the market cares about it
0: absolutely we always say as traders nothing matters until it does i mean mm-hmm. and why i look at your content and the things you talk about you talk a, a, about regimes, and, and then right now you're saying reflation is where things are, and your asset allocation is X in this regime. In, in this regime right now, so what is the plays that you're looking at right now for this reflation
1: regime? Yeah, so you know, in terms of how we think about asset allocation, you know, it's, it's you know, again, going back to the back tests and understanding you know things like expected returns, things like percent positive ratios. Volatility covariance in the various regimes, we can use that data to construct, or at least to isolate the the exposures that give us the highest risk reward setups for different you know styles of regime. And so when I think about where we are currently today, you know we're we're in inflation. That's what the market is telling us we're in um, on a trending basis. But the reality is we need to start to think about the next macro regime, the bottom up economic regime. The market will start to price in. And for us, we believe that's that's a transition to deflation. Let me take a step back and, and explain to your to your viewers exactly what I mean by all these words. So, um, if you think about the world in growth terms, in inflation terms, from a rate of change perspective, you, know, you kind of wind up in four distinct scenarios. If growth's accelerating and inflation's decelerating, that's what we call goldilocks. You know, you move over to the right on on the on the grid chart. You got growth and inflation accelerating at the same time. That's what we call inflation. That's, that's where the economy's largely been in, uh, since the bottom last, last April. Um, and then you have with growth decelerating on a trending basis and inflation's accelerating or still accelerating. That's inflation. You know, that's, that's, you know, you typically see like the first big down move into recessions where the market, you know, starts to, starts to give way. Um, that's, that, that's, that's where you, t- you know, you typically see that, that type of price action. And then lastly, obviously, as you sort of progress throughout a recession or a deeper slowdown, that's when you wind up with both growth and inflation decelerating at the same time. So, you know, what we're effectively saying is we're going to go to some very asymmetric highs in growth and inflation, you know, in the springtime here, growth, you know, April, May, inflation, you know, June, July. And then from that point forward, very likely we start to, you know, decelerate pretty, pretty meaningfully, um, you know, more so on growth than inflation. But the reality is, you know, that's a very different economic dynamic and economic setup than what we've experienced coming off the lows of COVID.
0: I get it. And I want to go to the markets that right now you're going to be focused on, because in this reflation regime, mm-hmm. where are you most focused as to where you see the highest probability of a trend continuing? Is it in stocks and what? What is it in?
1: Yeah, it's unequivocally in commodities currently. Okay, I mean when you think about you know things like I mean it's you you pick your commodities, but you know the broader CRB index is is, is very bullish from the perspective of our risk funnel. You know CRB raw, all the components in that corn obviously looks like a chart of Bitcoin or Bitcoin used to. Corn is a new Ethereum. That's <laughs> crazy. You know, I know. Crude, yeah, crude oil is even up today as the market is getting smacked down. So. You know, it's very clear the, the commodities market is clearly signaling um, to investors that, A, you know, they're not fully there yet in terms of fully pricing that in, uh, and, and B, that, you know, this trade could potentially have legs when you think about it from a broader, you know, global macro risk perspective. You know, the markets are interconnected and they, and they all move, you know, generally together in terms of signaling the same market regime. You know, you're not going to have equities in a bear market and commodities in a, in a bull market or, you know, bond yields breaking down and equity volatility, you know breaking down you know things like you know you know these, these things tend to rhyme when you look at them from a regime perspective and when you add up all the signals in our global macro risk matrix we look at 32 different asset markets across you know four different primary liquid asset classes and you know the signals continue to overwhelmingly support the fact that you know the market regime is in inflation now that could change you know it's certainly not changing today and it's not going to change tomorrow but over the course of a week or two weeks it could very well change and, and we'll have to adjust when that's when that does
0: you use data for a lot everything. of... Everything. Yeah, for pretty much everything, right? And yeah. I, I've said to you before, I'm not somebody who looks at a ton of data. I, I go to you to see what you think of the data, and then I look to see how it fits into into my trading. Got a bunch mm-hmm. of data out this morning. Actually, pretty bi- busy day for it. We're recording here on May 12th. Actually, yeah, quite very- a bit of data. Actually, at, lately, we've gotten some decent data. What are you looking at that will still confirm to you that we are in this reflation-type trade, but obviously when something starts to change and because I've gotten to know you over the years, you're going to look at the data and that's where it's going to tell you, you know, it's not going to be the prices of the market. Cause although commodities have continued to come up, they might come down a good bit. Yeah. Um, but that's not going to be what changes it for you. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's going to be the data.
1: So what are the uh, things yeah, you're looking yeah. at? Yeah, I'll, I'll correct you slightly. It'll be a combination of both, right? Okay. But like the market will always front run the data. The market is a lot smarter than whoever is recording the statistics at the BLS or the you yes. know, the, the BEA, and so the market has a general sense of you know these inflection points and, and and again the rate of change of the data, the trend in the data, the trending rate of change is the real key variable investors need to solve for when you think about these primary you know these principal components of asset class returns, i.e., growth and inflation, and so in terms of what I'm looking at, it, it starts with the data, but it confirms with you know, not only the realized data from a, from a, from a market perspective, from a uh, macro perspective, but it's also you know, confirmed uh, the margin in terms of how are our forecasts evolving. And right now, you know, in terms of how our forecasts are evolving, we're clearly getting upside uh, surprise momentum in inflation. You got a very hot inflation for today. I mean, you, know, you look at stuff like cars up you know, nearly 10% on a year-over-year basis. You know, obviously, you know, core inflation is, is doing its thing. Energy prices are up 25 percent. You know, so when you crack open the egg, like you have a broad based acceleration in, in, in inflation. And that is, you know, contributing to upside surprises over the near term with the spectral forecast. But the reality is when you think about the medium term, like three months from now, six months from now, um, you know, really at six to nine months from now, period. You know, it's still likely that inflation and growth are decelerating on a trending basis in that time frame.
0: You know, traders always say to me, "We, you know how do you know when these trends are going to end? And I always say indicators for me, I'm more technical than I am macro, but mm-hmm. I find it so difficult to even identify when these trends are going to end. I mean, this commodity trend, boy, I mean, I could have bought corn so many different times. And totally. as a trader, a lot of time you look at the charts and you're going, man, this thing is, how far can it go? It's just, it's so difficult to, to determine that. And that's kind of why I was, I guess, leading more towards you, you'll you wait for the data, because even during that time, we've seen some volatile volatility in a lot of these inflation plays to where you're like, okay, mm-hmm. is that it? I mean, look at oil. A lot of people are like, well, maybe it's done for a while. And you go back, I don't follow coin, corn and soybeans as much, but how do you go about really transitioning from that one regime to the next to where is it i know we said it's price i know i think you just kind of went into it a little bit it's price of the market confirming with the data but how do you then take us through what will you you be looking for actually to then say i'm now the regime has shifted because i think that's an important piece because mm-hmm. I, I as a trader as an investor some people might be in and just holding through a lot of the volatility, but all of a sudden, it may, yeah. price may come down. And then like, data, it's like, when did you actually get out of something like that and shift?
1: Yeah, that's a great question and a phenomenal question. Uh, I will say, I'll start by saying, if you're looking at the world through a macro lens, you know, my primary responsibility as a macro risk manager is to help our clients and subscribers not lose money you know, certainly not lose money because of macro. But, you know, I'd like to think that macro is, is the tool, is the skill set that you have in your toolkit that allows you to avoid major drawdowns, you know, volatility, bouts of volatility in, in and across asset classes. And so, you know, what I'm primarily focused on in terms of timing these regime changes is one, orienting myself according to what the regime is and then starting to tiptoe into the next regime because I have an accurate view or at least we think we have an accurate view ex ante on where the economy headed, both domestically and, and, and abroad. And so, you know, as you think about, you know, how our process really works from a from a, from a systematic perspective, it's every month I get closer to a new re- realized regime in macro. I got to start to shift a, a greater and greater proportion of my assets into that regime in anticipation of the market regime changing. Now, the market regime may not change, so the whole point of the process is to be systematic about it and doing it in a piecemeal fashion, you know, that doesn't sort of get you all in or all out or back and forth, which a lot of investors do, right? You know, you, you certainly see that uh, amongst, you know, junior traders, younger, you know, younger, more inexperienced investors tend to do, they're all in, they're all out, and or they're making these wholesale portfolio changes, you know, all at once. And the reality is timing these regimes is really hard. You don't know that you're in a new macro regime until it's confirmed, right? We have a process for confirming it. You know, again, we're scoring volatility adjusted momentum signals across 32 different key asset classes to give us a cumulative signal on, okay, what are all these things signaling in unison? Um, you know, what, what is this pattern saying? And right now the pattern is saying that, you know, reflation is the modal outcome from, you know, from the perspective of that model. But the reality is you, you've had a couple bouts. If you go back to late October and you go to the, early March of this year where very, very narrowly and for, you know, a day or two, um, you know, yet you, you went into one of those negative uh, grids, you know, in terms of inflation and deflation, but it was transitory. And so, it's it's our job as investors to say, hey, when I'm in this awkward transitory patch, is it transitory? Well, what, what would make it transitory? Well, it doesn't agree. with The data does It doesn't agree with the data. It doesn't agree with the outlook. What would make it not transitory? Oh, this is happening right when it should be happening from a macro from macroeconomic perspective. So, you know, right now I think it's it's less likely that we head into a deleterious market regime at the current juncture because we're not quite there yet from the perspective of the underlying economy.
0: Piecemeal. That's what you said, mm-hmm. you piecemeal. It. Because I think that's really what I was looking for from you is like, how do you go through that transition? Because I feel like obviously once you say we've gone from one regime to the next, it's now definitive in your mind because you're seeing data, you're seeing price confirmation, you're seeing mm-hmm. all these things. But at that point in time... The markets could be so far back. It's so difficult to transition from one to the next. And like you said, you piecemeal it. And it's once you start to see signs, you start moving that allocation out from one to the next. So it's not all in and all out. It's mm-hmm. easing in, easing out. So that brings me to my next question. Where are we right now? On your current inflation regime, are you starting to leg out towards other asset classes? Like, where are we there?
1: Yeah, so, you know, we're T minus two months away from deflation being realized as an accurate economy. Again, to, to you know, remind investors, deflation is where growth and inflation are decelerating on a trending basis. Now, I happen to think the upside surprise in today's CPI report might give us some forecast error in the sense that the deceleration in inflation might actually commence a month later. Um so you know that would make us uh you know potentially wrong on that that point but the reality is it's pretty clear that by the time you get to July you're going to be decelerating on a year-over-year rate of change basis and growth. Um and and certainly by the time you get to 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 August I would still say July currently but you know definitely by August you will be decelerating uh on a year-over-year rate of change basis in inflation. And so the reality is right now the whole you know, the whole world is hyper concerned about inflation going to the moon, if, you know, 5% is next. But the reality is you have to be able to understand where you are in the context of that sign curve, in order to fade it. You know, if you don't, have, if you don't have accurate forecasts, or if you do, haven't studied the time series long enough, or, or understand the, you know, the critical thresholds of the time series, it's going to be very hard when you see a four and a half five 5% headline CPI print in a month to say, hey, we, I got to start pivoting towards a deflationary macro regime and, and actually allocating assets, you know, in accordance with or in advance uh, of a market regime shift. So
0: just to confirm everything you said, where you think we're two months away from that shift happening from mm-hmm. this reflation regime to deflation. Yeah, it
1: could happen tomorrow. It could be, we could, again,
0: we're close.
1: I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm humble enough to know, and I've been doing this long enough to know that, it, we don't it's know. A cool to, to, <laughs> to, to to say it ex ante yeah. all I can do is wake up you know, wake up at four thirty every day and and refresh the models and could we be at the beginning part of that 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 transition very much so yeah absolutely anything yeah. could happen. I happen to think based on the the calendar that you know it's unlikely that we actually get into to realizing those kinds of economic statistics it could be it, we're we're a full two months away from actually. You know, a recording and a full three months of actually observing that kind of those kinds of data. So it's unlikely, in my opinion, in my estimation from my own experience, um, that we are, you know, at the, at the start of that process. But again, anything can happen. It's, it's not my job to tell the market what to do. It's my job to do what the market wants me to do.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's just so funny. It's like, we're, we've been doing this long enough. We know we're smart enough to know that we don't know. We're not.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. It takes you a while. I mean, it does. Uh, 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 four or five years ago, you know, I'd say probably like 2016, Darius, where you know, I was probably this smart and definitely not as experienced, or not real to to not know what I didn't know. You know, I would have definitely given you a different answer there. But you know, I've been around the block a few times on these growth and inflation cycles and these market regime phase transitions. Obviously, I have a you know, pretty good track record for my former shop. So,
0: yeah, and you know what? What I want to do is traders, we're going to pause here for 45 seconds, and when we come back. I'm excited to do this. We're going to be yeah. having Darius share some slides with us and some of the some of the information he has out there for his subscribers. So I'm very excited to see this, and uh, we're going to just we're going to dive deep into uh, a, a lot of what Darius has out there and what he's looking for um, on the macro side of things. So, Hang Tight Traders, we'll be back in 45. Replace your exchange with TradeStation Crypto. Dealing with multiple exchanges is complicated and it takes time, except with TradeStation Crypto, because we are not an exchange. We are a broker. You have access to multiple pools of liquidity, all in one platform, in one account, one way. Trade crypto your way. Plus, earn interest on your eligible cryptocurrencies. Get started in one click. Trade the global markets with Trading Technologies. TT is the world's fastest commercially available futures trading platform. Now with integrated tools for advanced options trading, cryptocurrencies, and trade surveillance. Learn more at tradingtechnologies.com. Welcome back, traders. If you are listening to this on audio, you might want to shift over to video. Remember, Futures Radio Show is now on video. At the beginning of this year, we moved to video. You can go to youtube or YouTuberanthonycredelli.com to check this out because we have Darius going over some slides and so far this conversation has been about what regime we're in and that's reflation and Darius is talking about how within the next couple of months and we uh, we both talked about how we don't know exactly when but we he feels that we're near the end of uh, this reflation turning into deflation and I think a big a big thing for traders is to, is to see how he's thinking and and to go over some of these slides and And go through Darius's eyes as to you know how he's coming to these conclusions. So Darius, I'm going to leave it to you um, show us explain to everybody what we're seeing right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you Anthony. Um, so just going back to this this concept of timing regimes and understanding what the market's doing and what the market wants you to do, and then also having an idea of where the market might be going next. Um, you know, we, we think about the world again, and, and through the, through the prism of distinct regimes. Um, in fact, uh, I'll, I'll show you a chart just to kind of give you a, a better sense of this because I spoke to it uh, earlier. You know, when you're in a situation where growth is, is accelerating and, and inflation is decelerating, that's what we call Goldilocks. That's the top left, uh, corner of this chart here. When growth and inflation are both accelerating at the same time, that's reflation. That's largely where we've been since the, since, you know, since the you know, second quarter of last year. Um, growth down on a trending basis, inflation up on a trending basis. That's what we call inflation. And then lastly, obviously, when you're, when you've got growth and inflation decelerating at the same time, we call that deflation. So that's, that's how we think about the world. This is, this is the U.S., uh, sort of model, but we, we model every, uh, OECD economy. So going back to how we think about asset allocation, it's okay. We, we understand how the market has historically responded to those economic forces, those cyclical economic forces. And we understand it so much through the, you know, careful back testing and understanding, again, of things like covariance, volatility, expected returns, et cetera, that we know this is roughly around the kind of asset allocation you should have in each of these regimes, you know, starting with Goldilocks, again, growth growth up, inflation down, you want to be, you know, overwhelmingly in equity in commodities um, and fixed, fixed income and in FX, but obviously taking a lot of credit risk a lot of physical risk uh, from your from your currency exposures. Um reflation that's you know even more in equities and commodities and you know that's obviously something that's really rewarded investors in the last um you know last year or so and you know when you think about your fixed income and FX exposures, even more credit risk. Get get the heck out of duration, short duration is the is the name of the game and, and and going down like the capital structure and out on the credit spectrum. And the opposite is true when you're in the other two regimes. Right. You want to actually, you know, you, you want to start to high grade, your portfolio from a fixed income and equity perspective. You want to start to get into lower beta plays, more size, more dividend yield, more, you know, more things of that nature. So the concept of, you know, how do we go from this to something that's basically the opposite is, is the million dollar question for, 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 for market participants, for traders. Right. You know, you, it's hard to you know, make wholesale portfolio changes. You know, so what we've done at, at 42 macro for our customers is really sort of think about this very systematically and, and actually measure map out, you know, using again, careful back tested data, a process that allows us to go from, you know, this very, very awesome, very positive inflationary regime, to one that looks very different, both from an economic and potentially from a market standpoint. And that really starts with using the calendar and using our forecast uh, as weapons, really. Now, we want to weaponize our knowledge base and our ability to forecast the economy and use that and, and actually start to lag into asset classes, leg into exposures that will be confirmed that will eventually be confirmed by the, the market regime transition now again we could be very wrong on the forecast the market can never transition and that's that's a problem in and of itself but the reality is if you're doing this you never have perfect information we're always operating on an ex ante basis as investors and so, Ex ante, when you're three months out from an economic transition, you want to start to have, you know, maybe 10% of your assets in the other asset, in the, in the other asset allocation framework, in, in one of those different pies. You know, when you're two months out, it's 20%. When you're a month out, it's 30%. And, Got you know, it. typically somewhere between a month and two months out, the market is actually already starting to transition. And certainly by the time the month starts, the market will have fully completed that process. The only time I can really think of in my career where it was very coincident was Q4 of 18 when the U.S. economy you know, sort of slammed into, into deflation.
0: Seeing this is extremely helpful. This goes back to that question I asked you about the transition from regimes because, mm-hmm. like I said, I feel like whether you're macro or technical, you never really know when these trends are going to change. And, and by the time we truly know they do. I don't care what indicators you're using or what data you're looking at. The markets have already responded, and they're probably reverting back. And then, like you said, for the for some traders or uh, investment managers, they're just all in, all out, and it's very difficult to gauge that. With this, I really like this because it gives you the 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 visual. The visualization of how you transition, even though, mm-hmm. like we said, we don't know when it's going to happen, but you start to make that move. Uh, mm-hmm. And at least in your mind, you're committed to the execution. I said the other day on Twitter, you know, indecision is so much worse than wrong decision. You don't know when this is going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. But you're mm-hmm. decisive on how you're going to do that transition. Uh, mm-hmm. And from there, then, you, you know, and, and unless, the, unless the story really changes – you're already moved as it's as it's changing, right? So you're not going to just – it's not going to be a quick flip-flop to where all of a sudden, hey, well, know what? Reflation is back and for so many more months, um, you, you're already still you, – you don't have to time that perfectly. You're just slowly – it's slowly happening.
1: Well, the reality is you're lucky. The, the only time you time it perfectly is when you get lucky. Know, the market is the not going to call you or text you and say, Hey, I'm, I'm transitioning <laughs> to a different regime. Exactly. And that's the point of the process, right? Like when you look at all the different asset classes that we are modeling to get a sense of what the market regime is, it's very diverse. You know, I'm called every morning. I refresh this model. I'm calling the DAX. I'm calling the MSCI EM index. I'm calling the NASDAQ, the Nikkei, so on and so forth, all the way down to high yield OAS and, and real interest rates in the U.S. You know, looking at currency vol, looking at currency pairs, looking at all these different markets to signal to me in unison. And when I when I add up all the different signals, what is the market regime? You know, what what is what 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 is, what market regime is getting the highest representation across all these global macro signals? Because you know, the market is not going to lie. You know, again I, I mentioned this earlier. You're not going to have you know a breakout in, in equity volatility and and a, and a, and a breakout in commodities, you know, certainly not on a trending basis. Obviously, we have some you know, variation of that today, but it's not going to be something that lasts for more than a, a week or two if, if it, you know, so you, you really start to look at the world and you know, when you have a regime segmentation process, you really start to think about the world through the prism of the regimes, not through the prism of these individual features in the model. It's what are what are all the features in the model singing together? And right now they're singing reflation. We are headed to deflation. We could take a, a, a cup of coffee. we could have a cup of coffee and inflation for a month. But the reality is, the real big sort of you know six the next big six to nine month trade investors need to get right is when this blue line is the highest line on the page. That to me is is is, is the is the real key question. It's it's going from you know the green line being the highest line on the page, the blue line being the highest line on the page. Now the red line can take a cup of coffee from you. Um, you know, for, for a few weeks and maybe even a month. But the reality is, is when do I buy treasuries? When do I get really big in gold? You know, when, you know, when am I in, you know, max defense from a, from an equity sector and style factor perspective? That to me is, is, uh, is, is the next big trade. But, but right now, I don't think that the market is really rewarding investors for, 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 for taking that risk. And that's the one thing and I don't want to ramble, but I, I think that's another important point. When, when, when investors talk about, you know, I'm, I, I think we're, we're having this phase transition in inflation. I'm inflationista. I'm a deflationista. What they're really saying to to me and what they're really saying to you, Anthony, is that they don't really give a damn about what the market is saying. They, they believe that yes. they can infuse their views upon the market. Now that, that's ignoring this entire process. That's saying I'm, I'm not going to be blue or gray in this chart. I'm going to be orange and I'm just going to stay orange. And no matter where I am in the context of the market regime, or in the context of the current impending macroeconomic regime, I'm just going to be in an orange circle. Now you can make a lot of money over, you know, a, over a long duration, just staying in, you know, the orange, you know, different color circle, ignoring all these cyclical dynamics. But the reality is if you, if you do one, you got to get the, the, the trade, right. But two, the, what you're going to suffer our drawdowns, volatility, indecision, you know, selling the low, Chasing the high, those are the kinds of things you do when you are not macro aware and you're not a, you're agnostic to cyclical forces in the economy.
0: This is one of the things I've always struggled with, with a lot of the macro traders I'll talk with is that, like you said, it's just this is what they are. Mm-hmm. And I always say, as a trader, I have to go with the market's proven to me. And and how can you just be that way? How could you handle? Trading through all that volatility i you know, 've talked about this so many times in the show and you know there 's a lot of really good macro traders out there that 'll say well i 'll use technicals or i 'll use other things what you 're showing us here today, and you 're not just sitting in this idea until all of a sudden that idea doesn 't work because here it 's just too volatile to be able to do that, and by that mm-hmm. time it could be too late you don 't know things change um, I want to talk about this. And a couple of things I want to talk about here. First is, looking at this as a complete 180, really, from where you think people need to be positioned now to yeah. where they're, the way that they're going to, or should be positioned and not too long from now. That, to me, is extremely interesting because you're basically having to... It's 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 like I said, it's a 180 of reallocation. It's, it's, a, it's a lot. Um, yeah. You're going from right now there's equities and commodities and you're saying the next thing is fixed income and fx when i look mm-hmm. at it and you said that gold and treasuries are a big are a big play so when this starts to change over to deflation you're saying that the 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 big areas are fixed income mm-hmm. fx gold that that's the yeah. next big move
1: okay mhm yeah I'll, I'll give you a quick chart on that um, so you know i walk you through some you know portions of our process and we'll give away
0: while you're getting there I'm just proof. curious as to why gold I mean isn't gold the hedge against inflation why if you think deflation is coming that gold is the answer I mean educate me here a little bit because I' I've always I've been under the, the the thought process that gold is a good hedge against inflation a hedge against central banks.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So the how I answer that question is is through the lens of what the market is told me. Uh, I don't I don't I'm not smart enough to tell you why to actually answer the question without using math. Um, the reality is, is is gold has an annualized expected return of nine and a half percent in in a deflation regime. Now I can rationalize that based on how I, my interpretation of how macro markets trade. You have real interest rates falling in that regime, and that tends to be very positive for gold. It tends to be positive for the dollar. Um, and and you know things of that nature, you know more defensive type plays. So you know, the reality is when you when when you when you when you look at things like you know uh, annualized expected returns, percent positive ratios, volatility, covariance across asset classes, across regimes, across different styles of regime. You know what's the Fed doing? What's growth and inflation doing from an outsized delta perspective? What's the rest of the world doing? What's fiscal policy doing? You sum all that stuff up. You know, we wind up with you know what does the world look like from a reward risk perspective you know what does the world look like from an expected return perspective based on my expectations of what's going to happen in the economy now again your expectations of what's going to happen in the economy can be very different like you know what was you know what was everyone's expectation for what was going to happen in the economy on February 1st 2020 you know like, <laughs> you know, like or, yeah totally like yeah <laughs> it's just the things happen stuff changes but the reality is, until something changes, you need to be and this is again, this is why the process is anchored on doing what the market wants me to do. And then tiptoeing into what I think the market is going to do next. It doesn't start with, I think, therefore, I think the economy is doing x therefore. And I think that's to me is where I think a lot of uh, investors, you know, really struggle in terms of asset allocation decision making, because they say, I think, therefore, I think, you know, we've transitioned to a new inflation regime, therefore I must be long XYZ is gold or something like that. And, and the reality is, is, is if the market's not rewarding you for taking that risk, now, it's telling you, you're wrong about the cyclical dynamics in the economy. That's, what, that's it. You know that, That's it. That's just it. And maybe you might be right at some future interval, you know, if you, you know, broken clock is right two times a day. And, you know, but the reality is, why, why sit there with dead money or worse, a drawdown? You could be you know, positioning yourself in assets that are getting rewarded by the market. Now, again, these phase transitions are very difficult. They're very hard. You're not going to nail it. You will you know, take some, some, some pain in the transition process, as we always do as investors. Anybody who's doing this with live ammo realizes that. Um, but the reality is, 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 if you, is that, that's better than just staying in one you know, static asset allocation or just having one or a or, or, or handful of thematic macro views. Um, that at any given time could be, you know, being punished by the asset markets.
0: That's one of the things that I really like about your work is that you, you're going about it obviously through the macro side of things, but you think about it a lot like a trader or an investor. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. think that's a very important part of this conversation today. And I know for a lot of the day traders out there listening to this they say, well, how does that actually help me as a day trader? And I'm, I'm one of those people that is a day trader. I'm an investor as well, but I think they're just two very different in, in the way, um, obviously, I go about investing versus trading. But something that I learned from watching uh, macro guys like you um, is, is that when that theme is present, it makes me recognize why this bigger picture move is happening. And mm-hmm. it gives me more of one side of the market to focus on during what we'll call one of your regimes. And I'm still trying to wrap my brain around, you know, I'm somebody, I mean, who has been really bullish gold because I thought gold was going to be a great way to fight the uh, inflation did well at mm-hmm. the end of last year. This year, I've, it's been my biggest loser. I mean, I've, you know, it's been hard for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I've moved more into crypto. I'm, I might get, to you with that in a second but mm-hmm. I, I'm curious the repercussions because uh, before we get to crypto what are the repercussions of this deflation coming what does that mean for the stock market what does that mean for commodities I mean I, in my mind I pretty much know what you're going to say but I'm curious if this starts to happen where are you going to see repercussions in trends that are have already been
1: happening I think we're already starting to see repercussions I mean i think you know look no further than miss kathy wood who you know absolutely done this probably made as much money as anybody in finance last year um but that that's clearly it's clearly done that, that, that trade is over that, that the most speculative part of of reflation is in it it's pretty clear i mean you can you can look at that one of the things that i look at um on a, on a pretty consistent basis is dispersion across u.s equity sectors and south factors i think Dispersion will tell you a whole heck of a lot about what the market thinks. You know, the, the global macro edifice. You know, things. You know, looking across global macro from an index, you know, commodity market, currency market, and fixed income market perspective will tell you what the regime we're in. But when you look at it from underneath the hood, from a dispersion perspective, it'll say, Hey, yeah, I'm agreeing with the regime, or more importantly, I'm, I think I'm moving to something different. That's that's where the market really has a lot of information for investors if they're paying attention. And to me, you know, when you look at things like Tesla, and again, this chart here on the right is looking at the month-on-month Sharpe ratio of, of the 50 out of 50 U.S. equity sectors and style factors and, and, and showing the dispersion between the top 10 and the bottom 10. And so, you know, this is you know a pretty representative sample of the different styles and sectors that you can actually invest in, uh, in within the U.S. equity market. And when you look at what's at the bottom of the dispersion table, it's, you know, high flying stocks like Tesla's, IPOs. It's you know it's tech, but more importantly, it's it's the you know the ADRs and the and the and the, the high flying bubble stocks and the you know the kind of the valuation doesn't matter stocks you know those those types of things you know I'll put Netflix in there as well the SPACs you know so the market is telling you that the clock is ticking on the market was already prior to this week prior to this you know the sort of drawdown or this I would call it a drawdown it's a, it's a very minor correction <laughs> yeah <laughs> prior to this minor correction the market was already saying hey like the liquidity spigot is kind of running dry on people's willingness to chase these, those types of exposures to, you know, really asymmetric highs. You know, the, who's going to be the buy, or I don't know. I can tell you what the price of any of these things are, but who's going to, let's say the, the, the price of the most shorted growth index is, you know, 150 and, and on its way to 200. Well, who's going to buy it at 201? You know, and this is what the market is telling you, is that there's no one to buy it at 201. And more importantly, there might not be anybody to buy it at 145. You know, so this is kind of the process of the market going in in unison and aggregate, saying, "Hey, with my marginal dollar of capital, I don't want to go there. I might actually buy some gold. I might actually buy some treasuries. You know, the the yield is high enough for me to rotate from a from a from a asset allocation perspective. You know, so I think that's the conversation the market was already having since going back to February, and now it could potentially be having that now. I don't, again, I don't think it's having that now. I think we're just having a you know, another sniffle. We we have these things all the time. You know, you can lose a lot of hair worrying about market sniffles. Uh, but the reality is, if, if if we were doing this six weeks from now, I would say this is probably not a sniffle.
0: I don't even want to think about losing any hair there. they ever go to the show and everything? <laughs> <Yeah>, i <I'm> already, <laughs> already gone too, man. <laughs> uh, boy, things would would not be good for me. No, but um, I want to go to crypto because. Mm-hmm. I have never, I don't know if you, do you have some slides here for crypto possibly?
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, Ethereum okay. and Bitcoin. Okay, well, here we go. Because it has been a massive shift for me this year. I've almost only been trading Ethereum. I've talked about it on the show. A little bit of Bitcoin. I'm probably going to start getting back to some NASDAQ now because it's moving again. Maybe some S&P, a little bit of oil here and there. But these moves in crypto are just unbelievable. And how do they fit into your regimes?
1: Yeah, no, I thought I don't care if it's crypto or dead squirrel. I and mean, if it yeah. has a time series, I can back test it against those <laughs> regimes. Right. And so what we find is that when we, you know, when we backtest something like Ethereum, for instance, it loves three out of the four regimes, the only regime you really have to be concerned with is, oh, by the way, the one we're likely to transition to in the middle of the year. Deflation. And so, you know, you look at so look at, in terms of how to read this chart, the top left uh, bar chart is showing the annualized expected return uh, in the months where you're in these different types of, of regimes. So again, I've mentioned Goldilocks inflation, inflation and deflation. Um, you have a minus 73% annualized expected return uh, on a monthly basis when you're in re- in deflation in Ethereum. Like, so that's telling you most of the returns to the upside are being concentrated in these other regimes. So that is important information to know that, hey, when the market goes in this regime, maybe you might want to start thinking about booking gains because at least historically, that's where uh, investors have been sort of punished uh, for overstaying their welcome. You look at the, the chart up here to the right, the percent positive ratio, um, you, know, you go from 100% in Goldilocks or, or even 62% in inflation, and again, these are monthly statistics, um, to something as low as, as 40% in deflation. Now, still, it's not zero. You still have a chance to make money, but from the perspective of going from something that's super positive, to something that's super negative, it's very unlikely that you do, right? Um, and so that, that's something to keep in mind. It, pretty pretty interestingly, the volatility profile of this asset class doesn't really change across regimes, and that's probably something that's more endemic to the fact that it's a nascent kind of a young asset that really hasn't really figured out where it belongs in institutional portfolios yet, so it's just very volatile. You know, there's not a lot of uh, liquidity on the bid or ask in, in these asset markets, and there will be over time. You know, I certainly think digital assets are are here to stay, and, and and really potentially provide a lot of value for the world in a many in a myriad of ways. But the reality is, until these volatility parameters come down, it's very unlikely that um, you see you know full wide institutional adoption. And it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. I realize, so it's going to you know increasingly require certain institutions to kind of take the risk and and, and tiptoe into the asset class. Um, and and that's something I expect to occur over over the long term.
0: Let's go to Bitcoin now.
1: Yep. Absolutely. So yeah, even more clean, a little bit more data to analyze um, than Ethereum, obviously. Uh, the skew on the annualized expected return in Bitcoin is even more ridiculous. You know, when you talk about, you know, going from Goldilocks to inflation, to inflation, to deflation, um, the percent positive ratio is just a stair step down. Like <laughs> the uh, crypto just like equities, just like commodities, love Goldilocks and inflation. Bonds, just like the dollar, just like gold, love deflation and inflation. So our job as investors is to understand when, from, if you're, if you're putting together an, an asset allocation, a portfolio that has different assets, you know, this is less relevant from, from the perspective of investors who are isolated in one asset class or, or have been like some of my clients in, in one sector or subsector of the equity market. You know, obviously you think about firms like, like Citadel, Millennium, et cetera. And so, you know, when, when, you're, when you're thinking about putting this all together from a cross asset class perspective, you do need to understand these dynamics. It's very important to understand these dynamics because a dollar you're wasting in an asset that's going down in price at the bare minimum, not, not, not going up in price, is a dollar you could be allocating to something that has a positive momentum. You know, that, 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 that's, that, that's, in my opinion, of what we need to be trying to solve for as the as, as macro investors. One, eliminate the drawdowns. So when i see a drawdown coming from the perspective of what a, what an, a negative expected value might look like i'm not going to be overly allocated to something that i know has a negative expected value of the regime now it could still have positive price momentum and that could be confirmed by the volatility signals that we built but the reality is i probably should be there because that could change or at the bare minimum if i'm there i'm there in, in a very limited amount of size and i need to have a really damn good reason for why i'm violating my own rules again this process is not perfect this process is not the end-all be-all for macro. I, I certainly don't think many people have have macro figured out. It's very hard to figure out. I'm only offering what I think is, is an appropriate framework for evaluating macro risk across asset class and how to piece them all together. Again, there's a lot of work to be done in this direction. There's a lot of work to be done in a lot of directions, but the reality is when you think about crypto, it's been on the tears because the economy's been in, in my opinion, and from the perspective of our models, we've been in inflation And, and and it hit or mint Goldilocks uh, for the last year. When that changes, we'll see how much you know people really want to buy the you know that first big big drawdown in 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 Bitcoin Ethereum and the like.
0: If you had to summarize what it is that you do at Forty Two Macro for investors, and I think traders as well, I definitely want to include traders in there because for someone like myself, understanding these themes is big. You don't have mm-hmm. to be a long-term investor to gain. Uh, a lot of knowledge and help in your trading with what you show us, but summarize what it is that you do and what the the trader uh, and the investors are are getting from you.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, Anthony. Um, so I would say the number one thing I do is 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 I'm a weatherman. Um, I'm going to tell you if it's going to be sunny, if it's going to be cold, and you know the beauty of the the models that I built that we built here is we have a, a pretty good lead time with very accurate, with highly precise, accurate views on growth, on inflation, how those things are likely to impact policy, and more importantly, when these things are likely to start to shift. You know, when are you going to start to see these intermittent bouts of volatility? Now, this table right here is, is, is tracking and triangulating all the macro regimes, the macroeconomic regimes across all the OECD economy. And it's telling me that I should be on high alert for something changing in the May, June, July time period. right? We go from bright green and, and dark green across this entire table for basically a year to a different color. So that tells me that if I've been doing a lot of the same stuff for six months, nine months, 12 months, I need to start to think about putting a different pair of clothes on or putting different pants on, a uh, parka on or something, do something different. And that's kind of the function that the weatherman has. right? Well, it's not even weatherman now, it's all apps now, but. You know, you, if, it's, if it's raining, you're not going to go outside in a tank top and flip-flops. If it's snowing, you're certainly not going to do that. And if it's, if it's really bright and sunny, you're not going to go outside in a parka. And that's, that to me, the, 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 what 42 macro really provides is, is hey, this, these are the clothes you should wear according to where we are in the market regime cycle and where we are in the macro regime cycle. We're not going to get it all right. You're not going to, you know, be decked out in, in Louis Vuitton and Gucci every single day. Because again, this game is hard. It's very difficult. But I think we're going to do a lot better than bad because we're armed with data and we're armed with the humility not to, to disrespect the market.
0: Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, this is one of the things uh, that I really like about your work is that you're very present with market conditions. That's why I believe mm-hmm. it helps investors and traders. You have to understand what theme, what regime we're in, what are the signs that it's changing, what could be or what is set to be the next regime, whether you're a trader or an investor, this to me is it's of, of extreme importance. It's I am more of a technical trader, but a lot of my ideas and my themes go back to what is the macro theme, because that big train is gonna run you over. I don't care what your charts tell you. I, I've been through this and I fought this for years, saying the charts are all that matters. Uh, this is what it's showing me. And all of a sudden, this big macro train will come in and just run you over. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're in commodities, um, I, I think oh, stocks, yeah. there's there's different things that have happened with stocks over the years a little, uh, with the Fed and stuff, but you have to understand mm-hmm. that stuff. It's still extremely important to get it and, and to understand anything, these things. And you do an absolutely uh, wonderful job of explaining this to traders. Is there something free that the traders can go to, give us a website to go check out. I know you changed your Twitter handle, uh, handle mm-hmm. as well. Give us mm-hmm. that and um, maybe a place where they can go get some free info or content that you put out.
1: Yeah, you know what I'll do? I'll just tweet something out today. Um, you guys can all follow me at 42MacroDdale, D-D-A-L-E, 42MacroDdale. Um, we also have a 42Macro handle as well. I tweets out a lot of updates from my, my research as well. So what I'll do for you guys, I'll just publish something uh, for free uh, on the Twitter so people can check it out.
0: Got it, perfect. So go to the Twitter stream there. Website, I'm sure that'll be on there as well. Uh, Twitter's uh, that's where we're all at, right? There he is. It's funny. Absolutely, it's- man.
1: That's where. That's dude. I love it. You so many really freaking smart people on Twitter. Like, they, like, they just you just get all this information if you if you look for it and find the right sources, and you're just you're a smarter person from being no on doubt. the platform. No doubt. Without I, I read
0: it every morning. I've actually started to follow a lot more people. Uh, it, I was at first not following as many people, and I started to follow a lot more people, especially now that I've been doing more crypto. I mean, there's so many accounts that I followed and had unfollowed. They're not really giving. You know, the, some of yeah. these crypto accounts have huge followings, and you're kind of like, okay, let's see what they have to say. And you're like, this is a, you know, it's kind of a strange account, but that's for another yeah. different day in conversation. But
1: what do you say, do? You know what I do? When I, when I, if, before I follow anyone, I just give it a quick scroll, look at their first five, last five to eight tweets. If I I need to see at least fifty percent charts, if it's just people <laughs> tweeting about what they ate for dinner or ranting about politics, I'm like, you might be brilliant, but this is not going to be good content. I don't need this content. Oh, and I can yeah. turn on TV for that.
0: No, no doubt. I I do that in, in a sense too as well, and then I end up still following some people to see if they, you know, because sometimes people go on these tangents, even myself, where I'll just be tweeting either my shows sure. or dog pics, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you're just in those moods. And then, you know, then you don't want to post anything for a while, but uh, I'm very happy for you and your new gig. I'm excited for you in, in the future. And uh Traders Give Darius a follow. He's great. He's a good guy and he does great work. And I always learn something from you. And today I got to tell you, Michael. I really have to say this is uh I didn't know what we were going to talk about. You know, I like coming out. We, we do a little bit of prep for these shows just to kind of, you know, see what topics we're going to talk about, but really changed my thinking today with this reflation to deflation. Plus, I hold a bunch of Ethereum and you got me
1: sweating a little bit. That's all I'm yeah. Check my charts. Well, so the good news is, I think we got a, a couple, potentially a couple more months left in the trade, but, you know, when it turns, it's going to turn man. going to be a lot of people so... waiting to buy that dip because cuz they're already in the trade. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: So, yeah. well cool man. Well once again, thank you so much for joining me on Futures Radio show.
1: Thank you Anthony, it's a pleasure man. Appreciate you.
0: Thank you for listening to Futures Radio show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a 5-star review on iTunes. Never miss an episode. Go to anthonycrudelli.com and get on our email list for show notifications and for free content that is exclusively for subscribers. Also on AnthonyCrudelli.com, you will find tons of videos and education on trading futures, options, and crypto. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Opinions expressed are solely my own and my guests, and they do not express the views or opinions of my sponsors. Future's radio show is produced by Crudelli Productions.